I think once we started to see that we were selling out of ice cream and we were running out, we had to close the doors. I remember feeling like I just did, I wasn't sure I could do it all summer long. Like we had just spent, you know, four days of working nonstop and now we're working nonstop to try to get the shop open again. And I definitely was fantasizing about some, somehow something happening that would just prevent us from, from moving ahead and calling it quits because I just wasn't sure I had it in me. This is Rally, a show about business leaders facing failure and bouncing back. I'm your host, Michaela Bennett. Hi, everyone. Today's show is about Brian and Jackie. They opened up an ice cream shop in Brooklyn in 2011. And before they opened, they prepared for almost every type of failure, which you're about to hear. But they never planned for success. And because they didn't plan for success, that's why they almost failed. We had done all of our planning and our thinking for a worst case scenario. We had been prepared to move back in with mom and dad. We, I mean, like we had worked out like, okay, if this really doesn't work and we have no money and we have to, um, you know, close up shop, we'll be okay. But we had not done any of the, the work to plan for success. I first found out about Ample Hills and tried their ice cream in December of 2017. One of their investors called Bullish had told me about them, and if you tune in to Rally, you might hear more from Bullish on a later episode. I was interviewing Brian at this coffee shop in Greenwich, and he was telling me more about Ample Hills and how they'd gotten to this point, to where investors were almost fighting to give them money. Brian took me back to the very beginning of Ample Hills and told me that the business started and almost ended in the same week. For this show, Brian and his wife Jackie, who's his business partner, are telling the story of building a wildly popular ice cream brand and including many of the mistakes they made along the way. My name is Jackie Kuskuna and I am the Chief Culture Officer of Ample Hills Creamery. My name is Brian Smith and I'm the CEO or Chief Elect. Electronic, oh, chief executive, <laughs> chief executive officer of Ample Hills Creamery. Have you used that joke before? No, I actually was just trying to think of the word. All right, so can you tell me where we are at right now? Right now we are at uh, Ample Hills HQ um, in our very uh, fun office. We're in the Gowanus neighborhood of Brooklyn. And what does this room look like that we're in right now? Oh, what is this room? Well, um, you mean this small prison cell? It's, a, it's a maybe eight by Ten. four. Is it? Uh, yeah, is it's eight by. It's 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 actually no. It's seven by ten. It's seven by ten. Yeah. Uh, we have a shag rug carpet, a couple of loungy chairs. We were after a madman approach. Yes. The only thing missing right now is the uh, the bar. Yeah, the, the, the little the... mini bar, so that we could drink uh, brandy. We wanted something comfortable. And, you know, we, we sit at desks a lot. And so we wanted to have a space where we could just chill and invite people to chill with us. 
just in the last six to 12 months, they've been balancing releasing their Star Wars ice cream to go along with the movie The Last Jedi. They closed their Series A fundraising round, which is when I met them. They are pushing their ice cream out into Whole Foods all over the Northeast, and they're building a new giant ice cream making facility so that way they can keep up with demand and open new stores, which brings us back to one of their first big tests as business owners. I love New York and I, and I, you know, we have two kids and we were always in search of a place just as a family where we could hang out and pass the time. So, um, Brian's always been in love with ice cream and we've traveled many places and tried many different kinds of ice cream and experienced different shops. And, um, and I kept thinking, we need a place in Brooklyn that is our place that we can bring our family to that we can hang out in. I was a screenwriter. I I wrote um, bad monster movies for Sci-Fi Channel, like TV movies of the week, giant killer birds and aliens on a runaway train, um, things like that. Do not look them up, please. Um, Can we find those on YouTube? Yeah, Yeah, you can. might be able to. Um, But uh, I caution against it. Obviously, I did it anyway. So here's a clip from Alien Express. Close the hatch! Close the hatch! It's coming! Sorry, Brian. I had to. You can also find a lot of your uh, former sci-fi yes. radio plays. Yeah, on. the radio plays <laughs> were good. I also used to produce and direct radio drama for um, satellite radio, for WNYC, for Sci-Fi.com, a lot of different places, and those are uh, those are a lot of fun. But that uh, sort of focus and interest in storytelling, I think, imbued a lot of how we think of uh, ice cream and and using. Uh, ice cream flavors to tell stories uh, and wh- wh- whether it's Star Wars or it's our own stories with a uh, Walt the cow or Witty the chicken or PB the pig um, it's a it's about trying to take milk cream sugar and eggs uh, and you combine them into something uh, like ice cream that literally anybody can do and there's tons of ice cream shops that do it but once you sort of craft stories around them and you can tell these uh, these narratives um, it, it creates a, a deeper connection um, for people and while i was on youtube looking for brian's monster movies i also found this it's from february of 2011 which is just a few months before they opened the shop you want to talk about ice cream yeah, you like ice cream? If you watch it, you can see Brian. He oh. looks like he's sitting at home in his kitchen or dining room. He's feeding his toddler while talking to the camera. It's pretty cute. Ice cream, yeah. The thing I love about ice cream, more than ice cream itself, honestly, is making ice cream. And the reason for that is that making ice cream is a... Uh, is really not a solitary act. It's not, it's not screenwriting. It's not novel writing. It's, 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 it's something that we do to groups of people. Later, the video transitions, and Brian and Jackie are sitting down together, and they're talking about opening Ample Hills. Hi, I'm Jackie. I'm Brian. And the video shows the future location of their first shop. And that leads us to now. And uh, in April, May, we're going to open our first brick-and-mortar storefront ice cream shop on Vanderbilt Avenue. Then there's footage showing what it looks like before it's finished. 
this is a window so that kids can stand right here and eat their ice cream cone and look in and see where that ice cream came from. They can see the process. And it won't just be a whole bunch of metallic machinery. Most of the machinery is metallic, so it'll look that way. But the difference here at Anvil Hills is that we're going to have it very Sesame Street-like. We're going to have it illustrated and now Brian's standing inside and he's gesturing around. He's passionately talking about what Ample Hills is going to be like. He's so, so excited. But he would feel very, very differently about it all in just a few months. We'd um, run out of money. Um, everybody said we were supposed to have... Uh, three or four months of rent in the bank when we opened and we had um, less than half of a month's rent in the bank when the day we opened. We opened on Wednesday, the Wednesday before Memorial Day weekend, and we kind of pushed ourselves to open on that Wednesday because um, Florence Fabricant was going to be putting us in the um, food section in um, the New York Times. And that so came out on that Wednesday. That came so out we Wednesday. Had to be so we had on to that open, Wednesday. yeah. Yep, we, were, we thought we were ready. We thought we were ready when we opened on that Wednesday. And what was your plan for making the ice cream and cones that first week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Well, we, so we were, so we, the plan was that we were going to only make homemade cones, spiral cones. Um, we had gotten these special uh, s- spiral shaped um, plates to put on our waffle cone makers. So they were even better than just, you know, freshly made waffle cones. And so that's all we were going to do is sell ice cream in these cones. We didn't want to have regular sugar cones or wafer cones. We didn't want to offer that to people. We only wanted to have our own special spiral cone. Right. But the problem was, was that Brian was the only one who knew how to make those cones. Yeah. It was, it was, um, you know, it took, take 60 to 80 seconds to make each cone and you're going to have to sell hundreds of them in a day. And I was the only one that knew how to make the ice cream and the only one who right. knew how to make the cones. But in our, we had done a lot of work to create projections for how much ice cream we needed to sell in order to pay the bills and to stay open. And so that's the amount of ice cream and that's the amount of cones that I sort of figured that I could make. The problem was we had done no projections for what happened if 10x that came through the doors and people really liked it and really wanted it. We had just simply done the bare minimum math because nobody knew who we were and we were creating a new brand and it just didn't occur to us to think through well geez what if it's really popular that's what happened on day one from the very first minutes we opened the doors uh, and so we immediately were in trouble when did you start to figure out okay maybe we didn't plan for the type of crowd that we're getting Wednesday afternoon, probably by like four or five o'clock. I mean, uh, you you could start to see like, boy, if it keeps up like this, we're going to be in trouble. Now, we didn't think necessarily it would keep yeah, up. Yeah, we didn't think it would. We thought, oh, okay, you know, people had been excited. We finally opened the doors and, you know. Yeah, and Florence had written the article yeah, in the Times. Yeah. And by Thursday, it wouldn't really be that yeah. way. So we got through the first day thinking, okay, we'll, we'll probably be okay. Right. You know. But uh, it, it, the inkling of it had started to scratch at the back of our heads that we we could be in trouble. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we were also just so tired. I mean, just 
yeah unbelievably tired because you know we were opening the shop we were closing the shop you know 12 yeah. 14 hours later we had i don't remember what maybe it was like five employees total yeah, yeah. and we had a four-year-old and a one-year-old yeah, yeah. there was that <laughs> <laughs> So we were tired. Uh, and tell me what the crowd was like that first day. Like, so you guys are behind the counter. What do you see happening? Um, there was a lot of moms coming in with their kids. Um, I, I have a pregnant pregnant mom whose daughter now, I guess, is seven, who I see all the time in the neighborhood that I befriended. You know, it, it was, you know, it, it just, as the day progressed, it got busier and busier. Um I think we opened the doors at noon um, by like 3, 3.30 when the kids got out of school. It was just like mm -hmm. packed yeah, and the cool. line was going down. And I was making cones at the end there. And I just, I remember, you know, while cone is being made, I've got about 50 seconds of, of downtime while I'm looking around and, and people would come up because they could come up to the counter there and say, you know, are you the owner? And, and they, you know, they're congratulating us and just, it, it, and there were a lot of friends obviously that had mm. come in that first day because they knew we were opening and people were talking to us and were excited. And, and I just remember thinking, I, I, I wish I could be happier more excited because I was so tired and so physically exhausted and, and just sort of so anxious about trying to make enough make enough cones at the time I wasn't even worried yet about making enough ice cream but I was worried about just trying to get enough cones made and so you go home that night and you're laying in bed what are you thinking I mean, I remember, you know, thinking like, what, you know, what have we done? You know, yeah. like there was this sense of, uh, I remember it so distinctly when uh, our daughter was born. It was our first child, Nona, uh, and we brought her home from the hospital. And she was, <laughs> uh, you know, lying in the bed in between us um, that first night. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, thinking, what? oh, my God, what have we done? You know, yeah. what have we brought home from the hospital? And yeah. on earth are we, can we, can we give her back? Because this is really terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that? Yeah, like, I, I do. Just I like do. you're going to roll over on her, yeah. you crush her. Well, like, what is this? Yeah, what, what is, is this, this thing? thing? And it was the same feeling was like what yeah. like what did we do we like created an ice cream shop yeah that and we can't not go love. tomorrow like, yeah you know like i just remember yeah. thinking like can we just take a week off now like we, we <laughs> great we're for, done we worked for six months we opened it can yeah. i you know and, and it was just relentless that yeah. feeling like oh my god in seven hours i gotta get up and go do it all over again. yeah and and yeah and again and again, again. and it was just that that was that was exactly that same feeling mm. can i give it back you know yep <laughs> It was just within the first 72 hours of opening their shop, which they had anticipated for months, but they realized that they were going to have to talk about whether or not they should close. I was like, okay, well, we can, we can do it. We can just like, we yeah, can just make the arguing about this. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I where? Didn't, yeah. Yeah, because you somehow thought like we could just yeah. have a few flavors or something, or I, I could be making ice cream in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. We could, we could yeah, bring yeah. in other people. I was just... really, I was really afraid that people would not come back if we closed the doors, because then they'd find out that we didn't know what we were doing. I saw it as an opportunity to go yeah. on vacation. It was probably on um, Friday. Um, when we started to lose flavors, you know, we had started with 24 flavors of ice cream, which was bold and a lot of 
flavors to start with um since we had made them all from scratch and all the stuff that had gone into them you know all the cookie pieces and, and it really was in the beginning it was just you yeah, was i was working me. i was still teaching at the time yeah. so i was he was the one that was you know making all of the ice cream yeah sometime on friday as we started to sell out of flavors and we started to drop from 24 to 22 to 20 um and we saw that the crowds had not lessened after that Wednesday opening, but instead were increasing in size and more consistent. It became very clear by Friday that we weren't going to make it through that Memorial Day weekend with ice cream. And that I, and we were sitting there trying to strategize, well, if we brought in other people, could somehow we teach them how to do it? Could somehow I pull like a couple of all-nighters? But the, the the math was that even if we'd pulled a few all-nighters, maybe we could have been open on Sunday, but by Monday we would have been closed, you know, or by Tuesday we would have been closed. We, we couldn't keep pulling all-nighters. We needed to figure out a, an ongoing strategy and bring in a whole bunch of new people. And so it was, it was um, yeah, it was stressful. So then you closed down. For how long was the shop closed, and what did you do in that time period? We closed on a Saturday, right? It was a Saturday because we were open for four days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Saturday night Saturday around 8 o'clock. Yeah, that's right. And so there's just tons of people yeah. still trying to come <laughs> yeah. to the shop. <laughs> on Memorial Day weekend. On Memorial Day weekend on Saturday. And it was around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and we had gotten down to about six flavors. And when we got down to the last, uh, was it four? Mm-hmm. The last four flavors or so, we felt so bad uh, with people coming in that we only had four flavors left that we just started, we gave it away for free. Mm-hmm. And so for those last um, hour or two, it was just free ice cream, and we, we gave it away in the last last flavor standing was this bubblegum ice cream, which was the very reason that we had opened the shop. I mean, my my obsession with ice cream originated with bubblegum ice cream from childhood, like being obsessed with it. And so it was one of the very first flavors that I made and, and that we had in the cabinet. And it was and still is the least popular flavor. <laughs> and so we didn't continue making it because nobody Ooh, really Yeah, we, we brought had... it back once or twice. And yeah. I think it was our we daughter and her, her friends loved it too, but that was We've about it. We kept trying it, it occasionally. Yeah. But um, it never quite worked the way I wanted it to work. But that was the flavor we were giving away at the very end because yeah. um, we just didn't have anything. And we, um, and we closed down and... Um, we drew up a sign that we signed and we had our kids sign it. Um, well, our four year old signed them, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we put up the sign on the, on the doors uh, outside that said, um, Oh no, we're out of ice cream. And we wrote this whole thing about how grateful we were for all the support and that we were going to have to um, hire new people and, and work through this plan to get back open. And we'd let people know as soon as we could, but it was, um, it was really disappointing and scary. Why, why was it so scary? It was scary because when you open, you work so hard to make sure people know that you are opening so that they come. And now you're closed. And when are you going to reopen? You're not going to be able to do that whole thing again to get people to come. So are people going to come back? Are people going to give you that second chance? Um, are they going to try to find you? I mean, when you've had all that publicity, when you've been in the New York Times uh, and you open up and then you're closed, 
Um, you know, it, it was so it was it was it was just really scary because we didn't know if people would come back when we reopened, if they'd still be there wanting the ice cream. But then, <laughs> yeah. one day when we were closed, um, one of our customers, one of the she was actually there, I think, the first day, um, came back to the shop while Brian was, you know, trying to make ice cream, and um, and she was a reporter from the New York Times, and um, and asked if she could do an article on us, and the article came out. I guess it was. Um, it was a few days later. A few days later. Yeah, it was still was, while we were closed. We were closed. That's right. <laughs> it was It was entitled, Ice Cream Shop So Successful They Had to Close After Four Days. And we were like, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, we were sure. I mean, I was I was like, shop so mismanaged closes yeah. after four days. I mean, that was what my fear was. But um, it, it came out. And that when that happened, and that was probably day seven or eight, um, so that allowed us to sleep a little better because we figured, okay, um, that article is going to get seen by a lot of people and it will give us a chance again, as long as we don't screw it up a second time and have to close again. They closed Ample Hills for a little more than a week. During that time, Brian and Jackie had a lot to get done. They went on a hiring spree where they doubled their staff. They changed out their pasteurizer so that way they could make more ice cream at once. And remember those really special spiral waffle cones they were so excited about? Well, they decided that they needed to supplement them by buying some regular ones too. And very importantly, Brian taught some other people how to make the ice cream so it wasn't just him anymore. And what's your, what's your full name again? Christian Rosen. Christian Rosen. In April, I went to Ample Hill's Gowanus shop where I interviewed one of the employees who remembers what that first week was like. I recorded him in the kitchen and so you might hear some of that background noise. Christian Rosen, very nice to meet you. So you're a Mets fan? Yes. I'm a big Cubs fan. So, rough couple years between us. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been working here? Uh, since day one. Since, wow. Since Vanderbilt. And it was just very exciting the first couple days because, do you know the story of the first few days? I do, that's what we're here. Okay, so, um, Brian thought that he could go in the back and just make all the ice cream himself. Uh, not realizing that the demand would be so high. Yeah. Um, and it turned you, out to... What did you think when you knew he was going to try and do that? Well, I mean, I, I had no idea it would be this popular either. I mean, I, I started off as a scooper for those first four days. And he was like, hey, can you come in the kitchen and help me out for a couple of days? And then I just stayed there for... And then now I'm here. <laughs> While Brian and Jackie very vividly remember what it was like closing their shop, they said they don't really remember what it was like opening it again except that their customers came back, and if anything, more customers came than before they'd closed. That whole summer, it, it, it just multiplied. Every, every day, there was more people, and the line continued to get longer. I think when we reopened, we thought, okay, we're going to be open seven days a week. It's ice cream. It's summertime. Right. And we immediately saw that, that first weekend when we were reopened that we weren't going to be able to do it, even even with having hired new staff and making new ice cream. By Monday, we had dropped down from 24 flavors to like 16 or 17. And we we're like, okay, we're going to have to close on Mondays to like reset. And all summer long, we would struggle to keep over 20 flavors. If on Monday we had more than 20 flavors, we were doing good because it, we could. it was very difficult to keep a, a, enough ice cream in the cabinet. That first summer, Brian and Jackie learned a lot, and though it was tough, they got through it, 
And within a few years, Ample Hills was big. When we opened up our third shop uh, in in Gowanus, we uh, moved our kitchen over there. So it's a larger space. And it allowed us to start to ship ice cream, uh, to make enough ice cream to ship ice cream across the country to, to people ordering ice cream online. Uh, it's a complicated process. You know, you have to use dry ice and a cooler. But uh, it's still, it allowed people in, uh, you know, Oklahoma, California, Washington to get our ice cream if they'd read about it. And so um, we started doing that in uh, the summer of 2014. And I guess that first week that we started shipping ice cream, the Wall Street Journal picked up a little story about, uh, about us and about the ice cream being available. And Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, um, saw the article an avid reader of the Wall Street Journal, obviously, and ordered the ice cream because he's a, an ice cream fanatic and any new ice cream you know, he wants to know about. Uh, so we saw his order come up on, uh, on the... You saw his name? Yeah, yeah. We saw his name come up, his, his order name come up on our, on our feed. And so when we sent him the ice cream, we sent him a copy of our cookbook. Our art director, uh, who does all the art designs and the animals, drew a picture of um, Walt, our cow, uh, wearing a, a Mickey t-shirt. Uh, no, sorry. She drew a picture of Walt, our cow, wearing a frozen t-shirt, arm in arm with Mickey wearing an Ample Hills t-shirt, and sent it to him. And, um, and he got the ice cream, and um, maybe two or three days after he got the ice cream, uh, we got an email uh, from him uh, directly to me, um, and it just said, hey, you know, I've had ice cream all around the world. Your ice cream's the best. Uh, I love everything you're doing. Um, maybe Ample Hills at Disney? Question mark. Bob, you know. <laughs> and it was one of those things um, where it just uh, dropped out of the universe. And we spent, I don't know, about a half an hour uh with our with our jaws on the floor, wondering was this somebody that was you know playing a prank on us? Was this a disgruntled yeah. employee? Yeah, we did. Like think we that really weren't sure. It just seemed too friendly and too personal. Yeah. And this man has got how many things on his plate for him to take the time out to send a, a cold email to offer to help uh, us? So I wrote him back after about thirty minutes. And then he wrote back about 10 minutes later and said, absolutely, you know, would love to help. And What'd you say when you wrote back? Oh, I just said, yes, it would be great to have Ample Hills <laughs> at Disney. Yes, uh, it would be wonderful to have your help and, and thank you. I mean, I grew up in South Florida, so I grew up in Boca Raton, about three hours south of Orlando. And so I told him how we went to Disney um, two, three times uh, a year uh, as a kid, and that, uh, in certainly in no conscious way, but certainly in in, in every other way, uh, Ample Hills had a lot of Disney baked into it. I mean, Disney is all about storytelling storytelling while you're standing in line storytelling while you're riding on a ride another theme park is just a roller coaster but at disney they're telling you a narrative and a story when you're riding on a roller coaster and so it was baked into how we thought about ice cream and he clearly saw that uh, and uh, so i just i shared uh, some of that inspiration and how that that was um and we set up a phone call the week after that, and uh, we just took it from there. And he started introducing the ice cream to to friends, to Oprah, to a whole, a whole sloop of yeah Spielberg, who became like a fan. Spielberg? As in Steven Spielberg. Okay, yeah. just clarifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
to a lot of people and and, and it really opened a lot of doors oprah oh oprah was great yeah um oprah actually when he sent it to oprah um, she actually called our Vanderbilt shop and one of our scoopers answered the phone and um, she said, hi, can I speak to Brian or Jackie? And we weren't there. And um, and he said, you know, they're not here right now. Can I take a message? And she's like, yeah, this is Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't believe it either. At He's first. like, huh? And she's <laughs> like, I just want to let them know that this ice cream is amazing. Right. The ooey gooey um, butter cake. It right? was the ooey gooey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, he just nearly flipped out and yeah. called us right away to tell so us that, that Oprah fun. called. I'm like, she actually called the shop? Yeah. And she <laughs> uh, she put it in her magazine, a full page, yeah. you know, Oprah's favorite ice cream uh, on one of her favorite things there. And, and what is your relationship with Disney today? The first thing um, that I did was I pitched him directly on the idea of doing Star Wars ice cream. I said, hey, Bob, can we do you know, uh, ice cream for when episode seven force awakens comes, came out. And, uh, he said, sure, let's do it. And so we did, um, the light side and the dark side ice cream flavors. And that was in, uh, 2015. Um, and then at the same time we were working towards opening up a shop, uh, on Disney property in Orlando as part of uh, Disney's boardwalk, which is a an area where they have a series of resorts and you can walk to Epcot and the Hollywood Studios. And so we opened that store up in 2016. And then we followed it up and made three new flavors of uh, Star Wars ice cream in uh, 2017 for uh, Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. And we have other projects in the works with Disney as well. So if you haven't already, you should probably go and try some Ample Hills ice cream. I can tell you I became the most popular person in my newsroom last year when I brought back the Star Wars ice cream after interviewing Brian. And if you do go to the store, wish them a happy anniversary because Ample Hills turned seven years old last week. They did celebrate and it was by making light of the mistakes that they talked about on today's show. Every year, they hold an annual sellout celebration where they begin the day with 24 flavors and each time they sell out of a flavor, they lower the price on a small scoop until at the end of the day, just like seven years ago, they give out their ice cream for free. If you liked what you heard on today's show, do subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'd also love it if you sent me a note at rally at ctpost.com. And follow us on social media using Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching rally underscore podcast. Finally, if you're wondering where the name Ample Hills comes from, here's some poetry read by my coworker, Justin Papp. Crossing Brooklyn Ferry by Walt Whitman. What has it been between us? What is the count of the scores or hundreds of years between us? Whatever it is, it avails not. Distance avails not, and place avails not. I too lived. Brooklyn of Ample Hills was mine. I too walked the streets of Manhattan Island and bathed in the waters around it. I too felt the curious, abrupt questioning stir within me. In the day among crowds of people, sometimes they came upon me. In my walks home late at night. I'm Michaela Bennett. Thanks for listening.